Welcome to Noahala, the podcast, highlighting the voices, experiences, and reflections of African diasporans reconnecting to Africa. I am Gaima, and it's my intention to bridge the gap between the African and the African diasporan through the story shared by my guests and myself. We could learn a lot together. It's time to level up. It's no wahala. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Um, Before we get into this special interview, it's special to me because it's my first official interview uh, to kick off the podcast, No Wahala. Um, I wanted to share some backstories and why um, I believe this quest that I'm on to reconnect Africans in the diaspora to Africa is so important. Um, In December of 2016, I was just new to New York City as an actual resident, um, trying to acclimate and deal with the real hustle and bustle of New York. My roommate at the time, Koku Ganza, was in Hong Kong, and so I had the apartment to myself. And that particular weekend, I wanted to just sew and rest and just relax in self-care and avoid everybody. And a friend of mine, uh, Rab Bakri, uh, he's actually a legendary DJ producer. He will never tell you, but um, he was one of the original contributors to what we know as hip life, which is a huge music genre in Ghana. Um, He's very well connected, always out and about, and, you know, hit me up and was like, yo, I want you to come to this uh, event called the African Diaspora Awards. And, you know, it sounded cute. And I was like, that sounds great, but I don't want to go anywhere. And he was like, no, I really think you should come. You know, and I said, I'm, I'm not really at a point where I can afford to spend my money frivolously. I'm on a very limited budget. So um, he paid for I'm Young Accessories with the notion that I would attend this event with him. And so I did. And of course, I get dressed up and I'm young and meet him up there. So I met a lot of people, um, was able to support and cheer on a friend um, and, you know, internet sensation, Lovey Ajayi, um, amongst others. But one of the values in attending that event was that he introduced me to Chosen. Um, and his simple introduction was, hey, he's Sierra Leonean and you're Sierra Leonean. You two need to know each other. And for me, it was just that simple. So we definitely uh, exchanged info and connected through social media, but you know, weren't really in communication because living in the Bronx versus living in Brooklyn, which is where I resided, is like living in a, con- a completely different state, you know. Um, so you know, linking up is something that, you know, you really have to make the conscious effort to do, schedules have to align, etc. So it wasn't until 
July of 2017, which is when Chosen had reached out to me and asked that I um, participate in an upcoming visual that he was creating for his new um, music project. Um, and I was confused because I'm like, why me? Uh, what do you want me to do? And he was like, I just need a woman to participate who will be able to represent Sierra Leone. And I was like, done. So as the universe works, this video was actually being shot literally two blocks away from where I live in Brooklyn. So that even made it more of um, a win for me because I didn't have to do too much to even get there. And so I was traveling during that time, but had co come back to New York in time to meet up, you know, shot the video and was out in a matter of days back out of town. And soon thereafter, you know, was headed to Africa with Koku for our Passport to Zuri um, tour. So within that time period, um, I would say two months into our, well, not even two months, maybe more or less two months into our travels, um, Chosen had hit me up and was like, you know, I really am following you. I'm seeing, you know, your travels through these various countries. And I really appreciate the content that you're putting out. It's actually helping me to deal with the fact that I'm getting ready to come back to Sierra Leone for the first time in a long time. I've got a lot of um, uh, apprehension about my trip, um, but your content is helping me. And I was like, wow look at this being full circle because I met him very briefly. We connected, we were able to, you know, put something visually cool together to support his project. And our connection is really, you know, just being Sierra Leonean, nothing, nothing even deeper than that. And here we are um, about to see each other. He didn't know that I was in Sierra Leone when he had sent me that message. So please uh, welcome to my conversation with Chosen where we get an opportunity to recap over the period of time in which we were on separate paths but parallel um, through this universe and how our worlds end up crossing in various points, including Sierra Leone. So I will say, just as much as um, you have an appreciation for me and my journey, I have a, a extreme appreciation for you and your journey. Um, I think it started for me, uh, the, the moment of quote unquote full circle, things coming around full circle was when I finally had decent access to Wi-Fi and got my notification from you of you messaging me via Facebook and saying oh, yeah. <laughs> how inspired you were by my trip and the footage and so on and so forth and that you wanted to share with me, you know, that you were actually going to be coming to Sierra Leone and you were really really fearful about doing so because it had been, I think 
if I'm not mistaken, 30 years? Um, no, because I had went, I had been there, it, it was 20 something plus, because I'd been there mm -hmm. for, my, for my dad, after he passed, so I had been there, but I was just, it still, I guess, didn't count because I was a teenager. Okay. I just wasn't thinking about anything at that point, apart from what my sneakers were looking like. Okay. So definitely over two decades since yes, you had, you know, touched, touched down on the soil and, yeah. you know, you were nervous about going uh, back. And I was here but I had yet to share with social media that I was now here in Sierra Leone. So I think you were the first person outside of my immediate circle um, of family slash friends that I had been able to communicate with. And when okay. I got that message, I was like, well, maybe he should know. So that's when my response to you was like, yeah, I think that's amazing. I'm here. <laughs> so watching your video, um, if you can, first of all, uh, for the purposes of the audience, um, explain who you are and what you do and just a little bit about yourself. All right. So my artist name is Chozan. Um, I am, I don't even like to say I'm a, I'm, I'm a rapper. It's it kind of, it's just weird now in 2018, just for what that kind of represents. Um, I would say I, I rap, I'm a musician, uh, I songwrite, which a lot of people don't know. Um, I, you know, play a small amount of instrumentation or whatever, but I can, you know, produce records, etc. And I, I'm a creative. Um, I have a company called Paint Soul, which we create from, and I'm a youth. I'm a youth advocate. So I'm, I'm just. I like to think I'm. A, when I say an artist, I don't say that I'm just a musician. I like to say I'm an artist, as I'm a, I'm a creative artist that does music um, and art, like art, 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 as in drawing art, as in art pieces, as well as um, you know creating. I'm from. I was born in Sierra Leone. I've recorded four albums now independently. Uh, which I'm really proud of. So I would say, yeah, on, on my level, that's what part of what Chosan is. Awesome. A creative, God's, God's uh, artist. God's artist. And so um, for those who may not be familiar with um, any of your projects, I know for me, as I've grown to become more familiar with your um, music and your artistry in that particular realm, you know, even in a lot of your lyrics, you know, you definitely are um, God-fearing. I'm assuming you're a Christian. And yes. um, a lot of that shows through your work. Um, have you always been uh, a rapper, creative, that has produced music that highlights your devotion to um, being God fearing and being a Christian, or is that is that something no. you transitioned into? No, I transitioned to it. I think the moment that everything changed was the first year when I came to America. I was involved in a car accident. I was hit by a a, a truck in on Garden Hill Road, and I think that if there's like a a point in your a life moment that changed everything, that definitely was the point. 
it's like I got hit by this truck. I was on the floor. The guy um, went, the guy um, drove off. Wow. This random guy came up to me on the street. And um, Were you walking? When I was on the, yeah, I was walking. I was crossing. Like, there's this intersection still there. It's like I was kind of, I was walking across. I nearly got to where I was going to go, so my back was turned. Oh, my God. And then the truck just came, boom, and hit me from, from the back. So I couldn't see it coming. So therefore, that was one of the weirdest experiences in my life because if you've ever been hit before, it's one thing, but to be hit and you didn't know you was about to be hit, it's just like this weird, you're just thrown, I just was in the air and you're like, what's going on? You can feel this pain and, you know, and I was on the floor and um, two things happened to me there. One, a guy came up, a guy walked up to me, he was on the phone and I'll never forget this. This is when I realized that we live in a cold world. He was on the phone and he was like, yo, there's some N-word on the floor. And he kind of like, kind of put his hand, because I was wearing a hood, or like my hood to like see my face. And then kind of walked off. Yeah. <laughs> I always remember, he walked off. He was on the phone and he was like, yo, there's some N on the floor. And just like, ah, whatever. And then walked off. So that was the, the one thing, I, a big thing I remember that, wow, this world can be cold. The second thing was that, if I die right here, right now, one, what was my life about? Two, everything that I was chasing, my aspirations and platinum plaques and being famous and having money didn't mean anything whatsoever because I would have given up anything for life at that point. And then three was my mom would be heartbroken to find out her son came to America and died on, on the street, on, on a Bronx street. So that was the moment that my life changed. That was the moment my music changed. That was when I got into youth work and community work. Everything, I guess, came from that point. Wow. And um, the first album that I made was called The Beautiful Side of Misery. And basically that was kind of talking about those experiences, which was kind of like a dark-ish album now when I think about it, but it did have its light moments in there. But yeah, so that's when I guess everything kind of changed for me. And then I realized that you have responsibility. I realized that you, at some point, are going to be accountable for everything that you've said and everything that you've put out there. Even if you don't believe in God, per se, human, you cannot get away with you putting out negativity upon negativity and upon negativity. At some point, that goes somewhere. And it has to be answered for, whether it's going to be for your life or you know people in your family's life. So... That was kind of where, I guess, my music and my whole thing kind of changed. That's amazing. Um, first of all, I'm amazed because this is news to me, I'll tell you that. And for those of you listening, I didn't know. Um, you still live in New York. I think uh-huh. anybody who that would have happened to, especially being... African, West African, you know, the first, second, and third thing you do is move. <laughs> so the fact that you're still there, you are still there, like truly living. First of all, I mean, the way that you physically are carrying yourself, I never would have suspected that something that traumatic, physically traumatic, has ever happened. So, you know, thank God. Right for healing yeah. and yeah. grace and yeah. all of that. Yeah, because um, yeah, you know, 
I don't think I know that you're not lying, but it's very easy to be like this fool. Mm-mm. <laughs> this guy tells stories. Um, but you're still there, and not only are you there, but you are thriving. You have a, a company and are a creative company, like you mentioned, Paint Soul. Um, we'll get into some of that later on. Um, and also, you do work as a youth advocate. Um, so that, all of that, and I think even you know this this aspect that you've mentioned about your life story. Watching your new video, I can see all of the influences in that. So I'd like to first um, really dive into your new video. Um, it's special, I think, for me because it's like watching my everyday. But I'm watching it from a different person's perspective. Yet we could have on the same... It's almost like we... It's just the same. So, how often do you, as someone African, get to watch something that's so similar, so familiar to your current, my current travel experience? Um, so, tell me a little bit about the video, the name of the video, the reason for the name. Um, uh, I want to know everything. I want to know your motivation. I'm going to tell you everything. I'm going to tell you everything. Tell me everything. Tell, tell me everything. All right. Tell so, um, so, okay. So, the song is called Say It Again. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a song made by a good friend of mine, PN Music, that lives in, he lives in London. So, the last time I was in London um, shooting for another song, I always go to this guy because he's someone that, I just find just amazing. He, one of my most successful songs, This Is My America, he produced. So, I don't know how we get this, just get these moments of like, you just make some. So he played me, he was playing me like 20 songs, I was listening to, okay, great, okay, cool, cool, cool. Then he plays this song, comes in, it's like, oh, okay. And I was like, there's just this moment that happens where, you just, I just feel something. It's just something real spiritual. You're just like, whoa. It's almost like the music calls you. It's just this weird, it's just like, I was just like, yo. So originally, it was supposed to be, he, he it was his song. So I'm more or less <laughs> convinced him out of making his song. His song was a love song. Mm. And so I said, all right, listen, I don't know what it is. I have to have this. And I was like, you know, if you could take out your vocals, <laughs> I guess because of the trust and the respect, he was like, all right, cool. If you could take all the vocals, just give me the, keep the hook, um, let me have that. So I had it, and then when I recorded, he was like, oh, so what kind of, so you're going to make a love song? I was like, nah, I never saw it as a love song. Because the, the, the hook is, um, it, it kind of says something like, I've said what I can say, and I'm tired of saying everything that I'm saying, but all I can say is that I'm just gonna try again. No matter what's gonna happen, I'm just gonna try and again. And I guess it was supposed to say in his version, like, I love you, and I've made it, you know, and I've told you that, I'm telling you that. But I kind of took it as, you know, people that are working for the truth, people that are working for change, it gets, as you would know, miss, it gets tiring. Yeah. You feel like you're saying the same thing over and over again. It comes in different forms. Now it's a form like, you know, get woke. 
you know, Black Lives Matter. It's mm-hmm. the same thing. It just comes in all these different forms. Mm-hmm. And I feel that as somebody that's chosen, per, like you said before, intention, I've intentionally chose to make music that is message orientated and that is trying to uplift. That's an intention I've made. And that gets tiring because you turn on the radio, you're hearing 50,000 records that sound nothing like what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So as an artist, it gets tiring because it's almost like you'd rather listen to, you know, in the club throwing money in the air with it, you know, for, you know, forever, rather than you know trying to listen to something that's maybe speaking about something, not like heavy, heavy. So that's where the um, the title. I was like, okay, say it again. Um, when I had the song, I just had a vision of, yo, this would be so dope if I could shoot this in Africa. This would be so dope, like if I could go to Syrian and and shoot this. So what that led to was phone calls. Um, you met him because I thought the funny thing with you is that if, if I was there, if it was just a bit longer, then you would. I feel like you're actually a part of this video and this part of this story as well, because um, like I said, that whole thing of that like, you was there in this period is that we never could connect before the video was um, done. Yeah. So I met Ed, and Egerton was just like, yo, I need someone to film the video. He said, all right, I'm going to give me this guy. He gave me like four numbers. But um, this guy, Buck, he got on the phone and he was like, he showed me his showreel. And it, it, it was cool. It wasn't really that great. It was just cool. But I'm the type of person that I believe that I can, I think I have a gift of being able to get the best out of people. So all I need is someone that can actually, you can take pictures, you can record great. And he was just like, I played him the song. He's like, yo, I really want to work with you. I really want to make this happen. And he sounded more American than I did. I was like, huh? Where are you from? Hilarious. Like, yeah, no, he was. Like, he was, I was like, are you from New York? He's like, no, I was from, I, I went to Holland or something. And then I went to Sierra Leone. I was like, oh, okay. Okay. So I met with him and I told him what my vision was. And, I, and this is where, again, where God comes in. Is that the vision that I had and the vision that he was able to, you know, uh, create was just it, it was way beyond mm-hmm. he had this theory of let's record you coming from the east side of Freetown all the way over to the west side let's get all the um, the major things in Freetown like the tree and all these iconic places that people from you know Freetown could see what I wanted from the video was exactly what you just said I wanted to show people the, the country that I was born and I wanted to show it from just my perspective. Or I'll say ah, when I when I say ah, because you know it's the same spirit. Of it's not. I didn't want to have a video of people just struggling. Oh please, oh Lord, please. you know I didn't want to have that. I didn't want to have people sleeping on the street. I didn't want it because I've seen a lot of Syrian videos and they kind of go even two ways. It's one like you know I'm suffering, I'm struggling, or it's two I'm trying to be an American. In Syria, oh and have my like, God! Yes, have cars and you know, not champagne bowls and just like I didn't want to do that. So I wanted to to show an uplifting video of of people just grinding. You saw women cutting mangoes of you know people grinding, but not discouraged, like upbeat. Yeah, and uh, was able to to bring that to life. That's a key point that you mentioned uh, about people just upbeat and thriving. Um, Yeah, Sierra Leone is plagued with so much history. 
Um, and there's quite a bit of negativity in recent years, obviously. We know the headlines. We don't have to elaborate per se. However, one thing that I did find to be, if anything, comforting was just watching your depiction of what I would categorize as hope and progress within the people who you were able to get to truly participate. And although it's definitely a video, people would be like, oh, you know, that was scripted. If you come here, this probably goes true for many other countries, but here in particular, no one has uh -huh. time to fake the funk. Um, yeah. You know, nobody on the street, like out here in these streets getting that market hustle on, none of these aunties and grandmas in particular are going to pretend whatever facial expression that you're seeing is what they feel and whatnot and you this video i mean you were in the midst of it it's not like you went at a particular time of day and so there's only a certain type of person or merchant around or whatever so it just felt very authentic watching which is you know for me, always good authenticity. Um, you were there, so <laughs> yeah. If it wasn't, you would have told me instantly of like, you know, what you doing. Well, <laughs> I mean, you out. know, I, I wasn't a part of the process of capturing, and you know, I saw it the day it premiered. I didn't even see it ahead of time. So, you know, I think the one thing that you you have done and you'll continue to do is just trusting your instincts and um, your your creative flow. So, um, the flow, tell me about the, the filming process. How was it? I mean, you touched a little bit on, you know, your, your connects. And so, you know, that's always an awesome thing. Um, but the actual on the ground footage. Was hell on earth. We went through hell. Tell um, me. To make it happen. All right. So I guess one. Is the heat? I'm not. I'm not. Like the heat was. That was some. It was. It, it was hot. So the actual when we went to record when he was filming, mm -hmm. I thought that we was gonna like do the scout mission and we was just gonna go around. So the clothes I wore, like, were just like, all right, let's just do the scout mission. He's like, oh, we're filming. I was like, what? But then mm -hmm. the clothes I would have. Yeah, I was just like, ah, so. <laughs> I had a whole different thing kind of, but then even the clothes I brought were just like, I couldn't, they couldn't survive heat. Like, I sweat naturally. So, okay. a lot of those scenes, you won't see like, we had to like, uh, boom, boom, I perform, perform, perform. Then, as soon as he stops, oh, okay, get the towel, get the towel, and wipe myself off for like two minutes. Uh, what was challenging about it, we was in um, the, we decided to get the Kai Kai's. Which is like people listening. Sorry, I don't know. That's you know what? That's the London because the London you say you're right. <laughs> kai Kai. The KK is I was supposed to say so, Kai Kai is like a last name here. And so his name. A, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been away for too long already. Come uh, on, man. So come on, come on. We use that mode of transport. Yeah. Um, which the easiest. So we had it for like a whole two days was filming. So we didn't know that if you're from the west side, KK, 
apparently there's some law, I don't know if it's a street law, I don't know if it's written anywhere or documented, that you can't go over to the east side. Mm, I didn't know this. While we was going over there, our keke got pulled over. We was told to get out of the keke. The police officer took the key. Key. And, and we, yeah. I don't even know where we was. We was way out. This place is, was on the east side somewhere. What and, time uh, was it? We had to... Uh, it was... What time did we leave out? It was must have like 1, 2 o'clock. In the afternoon? So we had, we had to fight and argue for this to get the keys back. And I think, you know, and again, not to kind of... It's, it's reality. Toot your we horn, man. Yeah, we had to pay the we had to pay the guy basically. That's what they wanted. So basically, the police had this thing set up where one guy takes the key, the other guy comes to talk to us. You can't talk to him. You have to pay me to talk to him. So basically, it was for money, basically. Oh so God. that was like number one. It's like wow. So we got that. You know, we got that. We got it back, and then we was able to film it. And the the opening sequence. Of where the camera comes down to me is the east side. That's like the tip of um, the east side where we were. Um, that was one challenge. The other was to get into the different locations was a challenge in terms of the, as you know, the traffic was crazy. Of course. So traffic, sunlight. Um, the the third challenge was on one of the the scenes. We um, the guy knew a street gang over there, and he wanted to have them in the shot. When I knew what was going on, because he never told me, I was like, I definitely don't want these guys in the shot for this. This, I just my video. I don't want my video to represent that because I don't do that wherever I am. So that was a challenge because then it turned into, you know, how could we come over there and not pay their money to record? How could I come over there from, you know, the Yankee JC guy come over there and I don't want to give them money to film? Um, in an area that's not by them. And they eventually stood all around us. And I was telling them, I'm not giving you anything. I'm not giving you money. Because what do they want money for? Champagne and weed. I don't smoke weed. I don't have champagne bottles in my pocket. I'm sorry for all the people that have come over there and given you this lifestyle that they probably don't even do when they're in London or they're in America. So that was the scariest part of this whole situation. Everything was just love, love. But that part was just crazy to me because... At the end of the day, there were gang, this is Serion, there was 20 of them. They could have done, you know, they could have, there was only three of us. Mm. And it was just one of me because they kind of stood by me, like, you know, I was the main guy. But, you know, again, I, I give that to God, that's God's work. But I was, you know, we were untouched. We were, we had to stay there for like 10 minutes, going back and forth. But at the end of the day, nothing happens. That was the scariest part. Other than that, everything was just hard work, sweat, and uh, and labor. As a um, as a youth advocate, how did you feel though about like were you? Oh my God, I really want to help them, or oh my God, these motherfuckers uh, better. Guys, you know, what was your? Right. <laughs> so keep it real, really real with you. Inside, well, after. Okay, I'm a man, one. But that situation was a hostile situation, and I couldn't. I didn't. I'm in a. I'm in a completely different country. 
I don't know where I'm going. I kind of had a little idea. So inside of me, I was like, wow, if it, this could go down and it could be a real bad situation. Um, after the situation, I was angry because in my mind, I'm like, you know, I live in the Bronx. I live in all, all these boroughs. I've, I've been in all these different hoods. I come to where Africa, my birthplace, and I'm, these guys trying to stick stick me up or stick us up for and extort us for money. I was pissed, and, and and I was even more pissed because it's like because these street guys are kind of like they must get clothes from places or whatever. But my mind, and I guess this is the American ego. I, I'm, I'm being stuck up by one guy wearing like a pink woman's jacket with silver glasses, with like looking crazy. So I'm like, absolutely nuts. Absolutely. I'm like. I can't, I'm like, I can't believe this. I cannot believe this is happening. To the point where I was so mad that I told my guy, I was like, yo, where did they, and this is completely out of my character. I'm like, where did they sell guns here? Because I didn't want this to, I didn't want to happen, I didn't want this to happen to me again. And then I'm like, whoa. People are like, whoa, you know, but it was the anger, because I was just like, anybody doesn't like to be violated. And then I remember Edgar looked at me and he was just like, no, bro. Because he's, he's like, no, it's only in peace, bro. Love, bro. Yo, because like, the fact that you know that might be you know the seed that the American culture has absolutely been able to instill for you to feel like okay, I feel I threatened, saying. rightfully so. Like I get it, you know that's very justified to feel the way you feel. But your knee jerk reaction was, where can I go get a gun? smoking weed they could have had i felt in and, and again keeping it like as i say a buck i was looking at people's eyes and i saw death oh. some of these guys it's like they were soulless they were soulless all waiting for this one guy to make like he was the leader was sitting down there like in on a milk crate or some kind of crate like he was the king and he was waiting for his order and i felt that at any moment if he just said get him that he would have been on basically and i don't know Again, the history. Did they have knives on them? Did they have, you know, machetes? Did they have, you know, it just, it was just the most darkest feeling I've felt for a very long time. I don't think I really felt that kind of level of darkness. Wow. So, yeah. So, wow. I, needless <laughs> to say, I didn't, I'm not like that. I, I've come this far without being like that. But I just felt that could this happen again if we were somewhere else, which it didn't happen again. So, Wow. So yeah, so <laughs> apart from that and just being on a roof and like sweating in a 90 degrees weather, um, that was like the main challenges we had filming. Um, the challenge we had when it was all done was there was blackouts. Blackouts meant that when we was trying to get the actual video downloaded, mm -hmm. it took three days for that to happen. I got the video back leaving at 3 a.m. A buck, I'm, I love this guy for life because he came to my place at 3 a.m. in the morning. I don't know how we got there at 3 a.m. in the morning. I was just like, wow. And there was a blackout. So it took a lot. When I say the video took everything to happen, it definitely took everything to happen. That's amazing. Every, I mean, it just, it really is. It's amazing. It's amazing. So it was 
crazy. It was one of the craziest experiences I've, I've been in. So when I look at the video, um, I cry. I won't lie. The first time I saw it, I, I literally just cried. Um, I cried because of everything it took. Before I left Sierra Leone, everything it took. While I was in Sierra Leone, just to see some of my, you know, my uh, my little crew's faces. Like I look, I see Howard there. I just see her. I know how she is. I, you know, part of me is just like these guys are, you know, living, you know, a, a tough life, and I'm over here. So I see their faces, and I'm just like, I just pray that you know I can make a difference um, somehow, some way, at some point in the near future. Well, I definitely um, I enjoyed your interaction with your I'm assuming like neighborhood ki children um, maybe yeah. even relatives yeah. you know how did, <laughs> did they express how they felt being a part of it yeah I mean they wouldn't they, often they so the interesting thing is so I had this joke right yeah listen tomorrow this guy's coming to film you guys, you know, you know, you better, you know, dress well, you know, come out. You guys don't be shy when the guy comes. So, like, three days before he came, I was telling them, yo, and boom, when he came, yo, people, it was just, it was just so cute. People was like, oh, Uncle Sheku, oh, the, man, the film is here, boom, go off, come back. I'm like, hey, what, what kind of T-shirt, what kind of jeans? Where did this stuff come from? They came with like new t-shirts, new shorts. Um, some of the girls came with glasses. I was like, hey. So, you know, so it was just, that That for me was so magic of seeing, you know, they, you know, they, as I think that people talk, but I think they were really surprised when this guy said this is going to happen and then now the guy's here. And then as we was going to film, um, I just, there was some other kids that were watching and you could see there was, you know, with dancing. I said, yo, you know, just, Come, let's let's just let's all get in the shot. So that was really cool as well. Is that you know that um there was a girl in there. She was wearing like a gray kind of school uniform thing, and she's got like like her smile for me is one of the ones that light up at, at the end of the video. Like so, it was great seeing those people just coming down, just all being a part of it. That that meant a lot for me, and it meant a lot for me when I could show them the video. I think so many people even come to Africa and they give promises of yeah this this or when I come back or you know but I was able to show them the finished product and to see their faces was just amazing. It was like a world premiere, it was like a Black Panther to them. So so that was beautiful. That's something that I'll never forget. That's dope. Yeah. It's absolutely dope. I just I'm taking it all in. I'm overwhelmed. Just thinking about the imagery. Um do you feel like, you know, this video will circulate in a way in which the right people, and I guess if you can define who the right people are, um, how will this, how do you anticipate that this, this uh, video will circulate? And ultimately, like, what do you, what do you want from that circulation? What do you want to happen?
laid it on my heart. I believe that he made a way for this to happen because I look at that video, there was no way this could have happened. It's just, I feel like, how did this happen? How was it possible? Um, another thing, I guess, a downside, I reached out to some Serignon artists that I had been following on YouTube, and I kind of like, and I really want them to be a part of this video. Um, so we reached out at the time, and, you know, we got calls like, oh, my manager says I can't be in videos, or, and I was like, oh, wow. Like, I really wanted, if I had my, my, I really wanted, like, a couple, I'm not going to say who they are, to be in this video. And to have calls like, well, my manager said I'm not doing videos, or, nah, I'm busy. I was like, oh, wow. I mean, you could add or track, but I really wanted to bring them in on it to show, you know, and then when that when I started to get my nose, close my nose, I was like, fine, because it's bigger than what you're doing anyway. I was just trying to, I thought it would have been really dope if I got them, you know, people out there that are artists. But at the end of the day, I need artists because, you know, I had the people anyway. Where I wanted to circulate, um, I wanted to circulate, and it has started circulating around in just a couple days, just to the world. So people didn't, my point was that I wanted people to know Chosen, Sheku, Kef, Kamara was born in this place called Sierra Leone. Mm. Chosan, Sheikh Kef Kamara has never ever said he was from anywhere but Sierra Leone. When I was in London, I'm from Africa. When I'm in New York, I am from Africa. You understand? So I wanted people to see that part of my story that this place where you think lions and tigers are running around, which we can laugh at, but people do think, people ask me that question, did you see any lions and tigers? I said, no, did you see any lions and tigers? Because you live close to the Bronx Zoo. You understand? Like, they have this perception of what they think Africa is. And if I wanted to show you, as I, my song, This Is My America, this is, this is Africa. This is, the people saw, I was like, yo, there's some dope houses. Yo, that's a dope beach. And that, I wanted to show them that beauty as opposed to what they've seen before. Mm. Um, in the premiere we done over here, there was a lot of Caucasian people at the premiere, and they was in awe of, wow. They had so many, when anybody had any questions, they was just throwing out questions. Yo, you know, I just never thought Africa was like this. I just never knew this. So that's what I wanted. I wanted to show people in London, Syria, people in America, Syria, even people in Syria, even like my guys from, I don't care. They don't go down to the beach. Wow. Some of them had never been to the beach before. So they're like, oh, this is the beach? I'm like, yeah, this is the beach. This is your, you know, your land. So I wanted to, to, just to show those people Africa. Also, for the people in Africa, I wanted to show them to the world that, yo, you're from here, but you have the potential to be, you know, worldwide, to be global for who you are. Not you trying to be an American person or you trying to, you know, emulate American stars, but you mean who you are, where you are right now. And that was a big thing for me. To see them, to see some of the kids' faces on there smiling, dancing. And for me, that's just like, and some of these two guys in particular, Moses, who was the guy running in the beginning of the video, and all the guys that made to, I could be, you know, go within the spark. It's like, wow. Remember when Uncle Sheku came, he done this, and he shot a video. So it's the same when my, my bigger cousin was the spark for me. 
Mm -hmm. I wanted to be that spark for you know for somebody else. So on the downside, not downside because it hasn't happened, but I think at some point somebody from Syria is going to be like, oh, he came here and you know who does he think he is? I feel that's coming. Like how could he come here, do this, and then he's not from here, kind of thing. But I am. I was just because I don't live there. I was born there. Understand my family is there, and I think that I wanted to also represent those people as well. People that did were born there, but never um, say grew up there, have that in their heart. So, so that's my. I, I, I believe it's. I believe it's good work. I believe it's definitely global material. I believe it's worth million plus views hits, and um, you know, see what see what God does, man. Because I'm definitely gonna work my hardest for it. Amazing. Amazing. So, what's next? What's next for you? What's next is... Like, right now, you're currently on a retreat. You know? Yes. And I'd love for you to share with the listeners why you have found yourself there and how it relates to, to your recent trip here to Sierra Leone. Um, but then I also want to understand, given all of that, what do you see is what's next? So, so the retreat, when I came back from Syria, and I guess nothing was the same again. It's like part of my life just changed. It just wasn't the same. I was just in New York and I'm looking at things. I'm looking at people like, why did you do that? <laughs> Mm -hmm. Why do you walk with there's ten thousand people on the street and you're trying to push past cross that you can get somewhere fast and have a person's trying to get somewhere then you bump each other and that's a problem you're both angry like why? What's the meaning? Um, why do we live like this? And just realize that a life that was just a lot as you know, there's aggravation, there was but there was just a beauty there's a, a beauty that I discovered in Serion that was just so different. I, I, still, I can't describe it yet. Um, so I came back and nothing was the same. I'm, I'm just like, wow, the world is big. Sierra Leone is, is out there. What other places are out there? Look how I can just grow. Look what I was able to produce from there. And I guess it's just been on my mind since. And just coming back here, what I did want to do was to get back into the rap race of everything. Mm. And then, you know, February, March, then April, the next minute you're saying, 10, 9, 8, Happy New Year, 2019 is going to be my year. So I kind of wanted to just come back and just reflect properly away from everybody and away from the noise. Um, talk to God like, okay, thank you. Thank you for, for what you brought me through. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to see my grandmother. Thank you for seeing my birthplace. Thank you for the opportunity of seeing what my mom went through with a single black woman from Africa. She was able to do that, to go to London to build a life, to build, you know, in Sierra Leone, to provide for, I didn't know my mom was providing for so many people in, you know, like in the community. Like, she's like an Oprah. And I was like, well, I didn't even know you was doing all of this stuff because you don't tell me this. So, um, so I just wanted to come here, get my plans for the year um, down-packed. And um, again, what you said at the beginning of your plan and intention. So it's your plan, your intention, 
then somewhere in the light of it, like, oh, what do you want for me to do? Like, you've given me all these gifts, how am I moving forward? So that was the, you know, I guess the basis of this retreat. Work on business plans for paying so I really want to get that up and running this year. We got so many hindrances last year, it didn't happen. Um, if I'm going new music-wise, there's two more videos I want to do for this album. Also want to do like college tours. Now that the way this video is going, I definitely want to do more video showing performances slash talking about Africa, talking about social change, talking about what's going on there. We'd love to get you when you're back to make some kind of power, you know, situation where go talk, show. I just think that that stuff is so valuable. And in terms of school system, in terms of community as well, now that everybody's on this, because you're not here now, but this whole Black Panther thing, I love it because I'm happy for black film. And, uh, but what's really interesting is that the people coming out in the African, you know, clothes and they're, you know, yes, yes, Black Panther. And that is this whole movement about Wakanda, when there's actually real places that exist, to me is so interesting. Because I, I guess I missed it when I was in Sierra Leone. And when I came back here, it's like this big, you know, frenzy of Black Panther this. So, so definitely just to just do that, to make the best year possible. Thanks, man. That means a lot. It definitely means a lot to me as well, because I think that, again, you could be doing all this work, and sometimes, like, oh, nobody's seeing it. Yeah. Like, a friend of mine, you know, a friend of mine was like, yo, do you realize what you've done? Like, you captured a piece of history. Nobody's done that. And the reason why I pray it's going to be, it's going to draw a lot of people in because of the fact that I'm in someone out of God as a New Yorker doing that. Mm-hmm. So not that it gives it more credibility, but it's kind of like, oh, it's, they can relate maybe to that to me. If you saw me, I don't know, in the Bronx two weeks ago, but now you see me on a video in Africa, then you'd be like, you could personally ask me questions of what was that like? How was that possible? Or, oh, wow, you can do it as opposed to just seeing somebody that's from there kind of thing. So I'm, you know, just want to be happy to be used as a tool vessel to bring a conversation or eyes up or kind of like awareness. It's like, oh, wow. Yeah. That's dope. So... And... Oh, no, you go ahead. I was going to say that another... I've had a lot of conversations. So someone pointed out that, do you realize that, and for those that don't know, that I've done the narration for... Kanye West Diamonds from Sierra Leone. What a friend of mine said was that, do you realize that you kind of, as we talk about full circle, that you've done narrations for Sierra Leone without being in Sierra Leone, and now you've gone back to Sierra Leone. That was like, pow, never thought about it like that. Never thought about it like that. That's literally it. Yes, yes. It's you know, all about full circle. Oh, amen. Um, like that statement that you just say right there, that your friend said to you, um, I feel like it proves literally my intention for this podcast. African diasporans and what I believe needs to be a priority for building and creating the connection between the diasporan 
and returning home to their rightful, respectful place on the continent. Um, you don't have to be confined, though, to your origins, your land of your origins, but let that be, if possible, the, the starting point. Yeah. You mentioned, you know, growing up that, you know, you were definitely a little defiant um, and, you know, very aggressive and all about, you know, your music and this and the third. And it wasn't until something that literally um, shook you to the core happened is when you gained some perspective that has kept you um you know, alive, well, thriving, creating, and sharing since. I think that's just amazing. I really do. Hmm. As I say, tell God thank you. Tell God thank you. Yeah. So, for all of those listening, um, you know, where can we find your music? What YouTube channel, what name on Instagram can we follow you at, what what profile name or image, etc. on Facebook, you know, I need all of the social medias for Chosen, let the people know. Uh, so, you can find, I guess, everything under um, Mr. Chosen, so that's Mr. Zen, M-R-C-H-O-S-A-N. M R C H O S N is Instagram, is the Twitter, um, Facebook, Chosan, C H O S A N. For YouTube, it's, um, you can, Chosan comes up, it's Chosan Silver Streets, um, comes up. But everything's more, this is Mr. Chosan or Chosan. Reason being is that some other guy has got Chosan, so I have to put Mr. Chosan. Um, so yeah, definitely check out the YouTube channel. There's, um, there's some amazing videos on there as well. Uh, the album is called Glare La Musica. Glare La Musica is on iTunes, CD Baby, Amazon. In fact, all the, the digital platforms is on there. So um, mm-hmm. definitely check that out. It's, it's, a, it's a great album. I put so much into it. It's, I made it an upbeat, up-tempo, high-energy, you know, drum, snare, Trap, whatever you want to call it, Apple, it's soulful, R, hip hop. There's no, it's funny, you want to like soft in this, but no cursing on there. Something that my friends, um, like, she's a little kid, a little kid, so. And I was like, I felt happy that at least they don't have to make the song, play them, and it can turn up or whatever. So that was cool. So definitely check that out. Okay. Yeah, it that. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and also Paint Soul as well. You can check out the the design stuff. That's Paint Souls, Instagram, Twitter, everything Paint Soul. P A N T S O U L. So that's me. Chosen. Chosen. Out now. Sit. Uh oh. Can you give me a plug? Yes. Plug. I just want to say that um, I definitely, and if you don't know, Guy 
I even was in Trillium video, how I represented, which I'm so happy about that, you know, I was in New York and I and it's crazy because on the gym from that. I wanted to somebody from that was from Sierra Leone to be in a video representing Sierra Leone. And I tell this to all your fan, your fans and your viewers that I did not know her. I met her once and I gave her the call and she was like, Yep, okay, I'll make it happen and I was shocked because I just never thought that you know, that I was like, Oh, okay. Oh, wow, she's gonna come and do it. So I was so proud. She came down, very professional, like, you know, we was calling she just had this queen thing going on. She's very distinctive in the video and she was it was really important to me that, you know, you're in New York and you're from Sierra Leone. So to fast forward and then find out you were in Syria when I was going back after all of these years. I didn't know anybody. It was just like, that's crazy. So I definitely respect what you're doing. I think your podcasts are amazing. I think that your YouTube channel, which I'm sure even the guys know you're going to tell them, is amazing. Like, before I went to, before I went to Sierra Leone, I was like watching your, um, you know, where you was going in Africa. And I was in awe, like, wow. And I'm the type of person that I just need to see somebody doing what I want to do. And then I'm like, yep, it's possible, I'm going for it. I've always been like that. As long as I can see like something similar, like, oh, this person doing it, uh, I can do it. So that was definitely inspiring, seeing those tales. Mm-hmm. I've, I've said this as well, you tell your fans and people, I love your voice, I love your narration. Um, I think that it's gonna be definitely impactful to, you know, globally. And I definitely wish you all the best as a, um, just as a, as a great, you know, human being and a, uh, somebody you can look up to. And I can't wait to see you at those uh, the big awards or the big, uh, you know, international, global, et cetera, et cetera. And just being able to give and do more. Because I know that giving money, I think both of us will be able to do more for the things we really believe in. So I'm definitely putting that out there into the atmosphere of, you know, be a blessing, um, yeah, be a blessing and give blessings to, you know, to people. Well, I'm just overwhelmed. Thank you so much. Um, You're welcome. I, I, of course, you would be the one to get on my podcast and low-key turn the tables on me. Um, yeah. Of course. But, yeah, no, I this is it it just feels good it feels good to be able to do something like this um you know sharing your story with the with the world um i don't even know my audience fully yet to be honest with you and of course you know i want people to hear this from all ends of the earth um whether they have wi-fi or not i want them to somehow hear it i do but um even if it's just five people who take genuine interest in what information I, I have, I'm compelled to share. Um, it's amazing who, who you can touch, right? And yeah. I just think that, you know, what you're doing is excellent. I, I, I appreciate your music. I appreciate the authenticity of it. Um, you know, you're really working and putting what you feel out there. And I mean, you're right. I definitely, I didn't 
know you prior. We had had one very brief, cool, but very brief um, conversation and in passing through, you know, a mutual friend. And um, the, the big thing was, oh, this person's Sierra Leonean, so you should know him. And that was, that's all it took. Um, and, and it's interesting because I was having this conversation a couple of days ago with, um, you know, the people here who help us around the house and stuff like that. And just the people who, I think it was our driver who I was really talking to in depth about how sickening I think tribalism is. Um, it's something that is very prevalent within the African culture, um, that I've seen in various countries that I've, I've been able to visit thus far and just um, stories from other countries that I have yet to visit. But, you know, we'll keep it 100 and talk specifically about Sierra Leone. You know, it's election season and um, a lot of, um, it, it's tense right now. It's a tense environment. Uh, I won't go as far as to say it's divisive. Um, However, there is a very divisive aspect about the elections. And unfortunately, a lot of it is it's rooted in tribalism. And, you know, we're here. Well, currently, I'm here. And, um, you know, observing. And I, I, it's funny because I had a conversation with my uncle um, and I brought up this, this tribalism thing because it pisses me off. Because I'm like, yo, people who I really, really, really give a damn about, that I'm very close to, that I have a lot of respect for, some who, you know, at some point in, in time in life, I was, you know, was slash am in love with. I believe, you know, once you love somebody, you know, you, you, you may not continue to put energy into that love, but I don't believe that that love just dies unless, you know, you're just an evil machine per se. And, you know, so are you telling me that those types of interactions and connections and relationships and whatnot would have been null and void if I was here within the country because of tribalism? Like, that's bullshit. And he had said to me, um, because, you know, that would mean like you and I may not have ever been able to work together to even then from that work grow a friendship because you are Mende and I'm Timney and Fula. And one thing that shocked me, my uncle said to me, he said, that's not embedded in the culture of the people who are in Sierra Leone, in the provinces. He said that's what the educated Sierra Leonean has done to the culture. The, the educated Sierra Leonean has traveled outside of the country, has been given access to education and opportunity and money through, you know, jobs, this, that, and a third. Um, and that exposure, when they come back 
and are able to work in positions within government, you know, some sort of position where they may hold power, even if it's not directly in a government position. He said that um, then they start to feel kind of like they have to look out, quote unquote, for their own. And by their own, because race is not a thing here because everybody's black, right? Um, or for the most part, race is not a thing. Then it's about your tribe. And it just blows my mind every single time, like when I think about it, like how many of my personal relationships and friendships would be affected if it was, you know, if tribalism was at the root and I had to adhere to that. So, you know, there's so much so many layers to unpack um, as a diasporan. But one of the things that I think is extremely important is the fact that it's easier as a diasporan to stay away. So when you decide to come, even if it's for a block of time, and then to really um, immerse yourself into the day-to-day -day culture and not what we call the JC culture, which is just hang out at the beach, you know, expensive hotels, um, or in our case, I guess, affordable hotels, um, and not really intermingle with people who are of the, the land, of the environment. Um, you you miss a huge piece of what's really happening and you took the opportunity when you had it and you took that and you went with it you could have gone anywhere else this past holiday you could have gone anywhere else a cruise you know a caribbean vacation you could have gone anywhere hell you could have gone back to london i mean you grew up there but you chose to come here and that, that means something. So, you know, I say, <laughs> pun intended, say it again. I think earlier you mentioned that for you, it wasn't a pod, uh, podcast, it wasn't a love song. But I think listening to your creative process and your inspiration, I think it was a love song. But instead of it being a love song, maybe towards one particular person of interest, it was a love song for where you're from. It made me tear. I, I, I didn't felt that. Like, I felt the, you know, it's like, I'm dead serious. Like, I actually told that. Wow. Never thought, wow. I think wow. so. I think so. Like, when I, I was watching it, I just felt that you really connected and that and the video really captures the essence of you reconnecting and that's love that's that i mean that it just is what it is i think that's really why i appreciate the video so much because you've taken the song and you've elevated it and made it into just something that's even more powerful because of the visuals so kudos to you, man. Um, say it again, say it again, say it again. By Chosen wow. featuring, is it PM Music? 
EM music, and I definitely want to um, lastly point out that it was shot and directed by um, African Buck. Um, he said, African Buck, wow, I don't know what he calls it, Giovanni. He has like, it's kind of like eight different names. We're going to speak to him about marketing because you can't have like eight names or try to find you on social media. You know, it's funny you should say that because when I was watching the video, I was like, okay, this, I, I know I had mentioned it in passing when you were still here. Like, who are you working with, this, that, and the third? But I really, because of the technique, I mean, if people could really understand how hard it is to be here yeah. and yeah. To, to produce something like what they produce, uh, yeah. so much kudos. So I plan to um, reach out, but what I couldn't do is just watch the video and see the logo at the very end and understand who I need to contact. Um, so that's an excellent it point. It was up to me. Like, he actually wanted to put it in the front. I said, that's definitely not going to happen. <laughs> um, I right. personally wanted more like a movie type, you know. That's and I gave him the option that I put, you know, his Javani Productions did a, in the beginning and stuff like that. And so he went for that logo thing at the end, which is very African. Mm -hmm. Because he showed me other videos. And apparently that's what they do in the beginning. I can see this... <laughs> This yeah. graphic thing, and then the song. Yeah. So I gave him the option, um, and that's how he wanted it. So I was like, okay. Um, what's interesting is in the beginning of the video, when he gave it back to me, I was like, okay, cool. But then I was like, I want to put something in the beginning, and that's where I put the title. So I done the title um, when I came back here. The thing about the real diamonds are in the hearts and the spirits of the people. I've done that when I, because I did just, I just did want to be there just to stop. You know, I wanted to kind of like, this is how I feel. I'm dedicating this to cereal and be very specific. Mm -hmm. um, and this is like it. And then, you know, start the video. So, yeah, an amazing guy. He kind of made me realize that people over here, they go, what he had to do. And I, and I definitely did pay him and pay them. Um, I wanted to do it with Sierra Leoneans that live there, they, that had, and pay them for it. I think they deserve that. He definitely deserved that. Yeah. So I encourage people to do that as opposed to someone said, why don't you get a camera for a guy and you go over there and you film it. I definitely would not have got the same video. Yeah, I think, so I mean, what you're saying is important, the, the, the need to, you know, pour into the economy here. Yeah. Exactly. So. Exactly. And I'm like, I pay all these guys out here to do it. Why would I not pay someone just because he's in Africa? I'll just pay him less. I said, no, I'm going to pay him what I would pay anybody out here. And I'm, I could, for, the, for what was produced, I could, I would have paid a million to, to put on that for what I felt he's done for me and I believe what it's going to do and just that feeling I can look back at this moment of time is priceless so that's another thing I would say of just you know don't some of us may go over to Africa like I said because we have more you know the money is more on our end we go over there and make this lifestyle of things that we're not and just kind of really disrespect the people and I definitely would um, say to please you know check yourselves before you go anywhere in Africa 
who realize that these are your brothers, these are your sisters, this is you, and this could have been you, if for whatever reason you wasn't, you know, given the opportunity to live wherever you lived. So there was, in making this, there was a heavy respect of the people. Like, I'm not coming here to floss on anybody, I respect you, this is your land, I'm from here, um, I'm not living here, and I respect you for being here, and I could have, but just remember, I could have been here, you know, just like you, but I come here in respect. So, and as you said, love, so. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Very, very dope. (sighs) No wahala. I am Gaima, and you've been listening to No Wahala, the podcast. I hope you are inspired to deepen your connection to Africa through the story shared by my guests and I, the African diasporans in Africa. Follow No Wahala on your favorite podcast streaming platform today. Comment, rate, and share. We could all learn from each other. For more, visit us at iamgaima.com backslash no wahala.